Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hey, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. And I'm the Communications and Projects Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Mark Goldfogel. Um, a quick bio about him. He founded MG Freeway, was CEO and co-founder of See Forever Systems, uh, EVP of Industry Relations for the Fourth Corner Credit Union, which I'm excited to hear more about today. And he's also a published author of Smoking Something, The Cannabis Paradox, and he currently consults with startups on marketing, compliance, branding, and financial matters at his company, iWorkForCannabis.com. And we'll hear a lot more from Mark about all that. But first, let's welcome Mark to the show. Hey, Mark. What a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Bethany. Awesome to talk with you. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to you today, as I mentioned, about what you've been involved with the last couple of years regarding the Fourth Corner Credit Union. But let's let's back up a second and, and get to know your background a little bit more. What was your original focus before becoming involved in the cannabis industry? You know, um, I, I've been very lucky. When I, was a, when I was a young kid, I had the good fortune of publishing some software for Atari uh, before I even graduated high school. Cool. And, and because of that few moments of both fame and embarrassment, if you Google my uh, name in YouTube, you'll see, uh, you'll see a video of me with glasses, braces, and pimples um, bra- bragging about a technology that, that uh, my partner at that point in time did most of the work on. But um, it, was a, it was a great opportunity to bring music into a computer at the age when, when Pong was really just being evolved. And so I've always looked at the world kind of through computer systems. I've kind of always had a motto that there's no such thing as a problem that technology cannot make significantly more complicated. <laughs> you know I'm totally going to Google that YouTube video now you said something, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's horribly embarrassing. And uh, <laughs> It's out there for in the on the internet forever. <laughs> okay, so so you're kind of a very techie, computer oriented type of person. Uh, so so your work centers around anything building systems. Yeah, and it's actually it goes deeper than that. My whole brain really functions like a computer. I really like to think about things in terms of binary. This is how it works. This is legal. This is illegal. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And um, so the last eight years full-time in the cannabis industry has been quite a challenge for those, those people who like to think in terms of black and white, because okay. there, is, there isn't much in this industry. A lot of gray, yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, so where did that shift happen when you found yourself not only thinking about ones and zeros, but also this beautiful cannabis plant and, and the industry that is is growing around it is there a personal story 
about your relationship to the cannabis plant? There is, and I appreciate your asking. Um, I didn't really choose the cannabis industry. I think it's safer to say that it chose me. Uh, a, a decade ago, I had considered myself fundamentally retired. I was living in Telluride, uh, Colorado, supporting my skiing habit with an IT tech support business. And um, one day I woke up and my large intestine had sprung a leak and I didn't know it. So I waited about five days before finally going to a hospital, at which point in time I was five days septic and very, very, very sick. Oh my goodness. That sounds terrible. And in the course of my recovery, I was able to be discharged on antibiotics uh, without surgery because I was really too far gone at that point in time for surgery to be safe. And um, I couldn't stop throwing up. I just had, you know, endless nausea. And day after day after day, I would call my physician and he would prescribe another pharmaceutical to try and, and conquer the nausea. The problem was you're swallowing all of these. Yeah. And I, I wasn't able to swallow anything. Finally, a neighbor came by and said, hey, dude, you might want to smoke a bowl. And I said, hey, dude, you might want to get out of my house. I just came out of the ICU. The last thing I want to do is get high. Hmm. Okay. But I really didn't have any other choice. I, none of the pharmaceuticals were working, and the other alternative was to go back into the hospital, and the insurance company wasn't very much in favor of that. So I smoked a bowl. I didn't have anything against marijuana. I knew what it was. It's a recreational drug. It's good for skiing and sex and for concerts. It wasn't a medicine in my mind. And when it stopped my nausea and it gave me some short-term memory loss about how awful the last week was, and it improved, <laughs> and it improved my mood, and it, did, and it gave me hunger all in you know, literally one or two hits, um, I realized that, that this really was a potent and powerful medicine. And I made, a, I made a vow in that moment to myself that I would do anything in my power to help end prohibition because it didn't make sense to me mathematically as a binary guy that anyone on earth should ever have to choose between being a criminal and throwing up. Those just shouldn't be a decision that any, anybody should ever have to make. And, and that binary view is what has really driven my life for the last eight years. Got it. Yeah. Wow. I can relate. I get migraine headaches and, you know, you can't exactly take Advil when you're nauseous. It's a similar thing. And, and cannabis tends to help people that suffer from migraines as well. Um, although sometimes there's nothing you can do but go to bed for the day. Um, but thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. Um, damn. Well, I'm glad you're better. <laughs> um, I am too. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned a bit in your bio um, that you started with some technology companies. Uh, can, can you go through that uh, chronology of what you've done in the cannabis industry uh, real quick here? You bet. And it really all stems from a breakfast meeting that I had in 2010 with the CHOP regulator for the state of Colorado. And at that breakfast meeting, he bemoaned the challenge that the state of Colorado was going to have rolling out its medical program because the DEA did not want to see a program like what California was doing at the time, where literally tons of marijuana was being grown just to be shipped across state lines. Okay. And I said, well, that's easy. You just track it from seed to sale. And he wrote down seed to sale on a Brugger's bagel napkin. And I looked at my wife at the time, and we wrote down seed to sale and went home and filed a patent on it. 
And um, seed to sale tracking was born in that moment, even though none of us really had any idea what the actual implementation of that would look like. Mm. Furthermore, none of us even knew, at least I didn't know at the time, that marijuana was not grown commercially from seed, that it's mm. traditionally grown from clone. I never would have named it seed to sale tracking if I'd have known that, because to me, one of the most embarrassing things about my contribution to this industry is a paradigm that has four words, one of which has nothing to do with the industry. No seeds are tracked in seed to sale tracking. Right. It's but an idea. It's an idea. And it, it's a and concept, it, yes. And it led the way for the, the industry to um, differentiate between what is a legal gram of marijuana that is taxed and regulated and what is potentially a, a gray market or black market gram of marijuana so that we can tax and regulate this. And right. so once we opened up that funnel, once we gave the government basically a, a, a computer mechanism, a mathematical mechanism to legally accept tax revenue from cannabis, that started my life on a trajectory that landed me on this call with you. Gotcha. Uh, the the first thing I did was I was a co-founder of the very first software company to guarantee to meet any compliance guidelines uh, for the legitimization of cannabis. Again, going back to my binary way of looking at things, build a computer system that will show governments that this gram of marijuana is legal and viable and allow patients to have access to it by whatever definition patient is to you, and you have solved the problem. And so everything I've done has been an offshoot of my first having that lucky meeting to propose seed to sale tracking. I, I built that first computer system that's still in existence today um, and, is, and is still run by my ex-wife who was in that meeting um, 10 years ago. Okay. And um, after I left that company, we got divorced and I left that company, the next problem to solve was really banking. And I was in the same scenario as I was with MJ Freeway in that I had a an idea for a computer system of where regulation would soon be, but no regulation had actually been um, proposed yet. Mm -hmm. but, but there was a rumor mill in the industry that regulation was going to come sometime in early 2014. So in late 2013 and early 2014, I built a kiosk whose job it was to meet the cash regulation that I was anticipating was going to come for banks, just like seed to sale bit was, was uh, met by the software company to do transactions. And, and it was really in that moment that we realized that this is a very logical progression. Governments need to understand this. They need to understand the revenue. They need to understand the health and human safety ramifications in order for them to evolve with this industry, in order for me to meet my goal that no one should have to throw up or, or be a criminal Governments had to have systems around health and human safety and diversion control. And when that came to banks, that was all around tracking the money. Yep, yep, so got in, it. In, 20, in late 2013, early 2014, I built a hardware system that tracked the cash. And I brought in banks in four different states that said, look, you're meeting the guidelines beautifully. In fact, I built the company three months before the guidelines were issued. But the banks loved it because it met the guidelines, it showed, it proved that every dollar uh, that flowed through these dispensaries uh, were, was a legal dollar based on the FinCEN guidance, the Financial Crimes Enforcement guidance, and at the time the Cole Memo guidance that was just released. Right, the right. 
The problem was that once those financial institutions started clearing these transactions with their regulators, their regulators came back and said, well, we understand that this technology may meet the requirements as they exist from a technology standpoint. We're not really comfortable with any financial institution servicing this industry. Got it. Got it. We have to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I can't wait to dive in and hear more about Hey, you just mentioned banking. There's some really interesting stuff that's been going on uh, with Fourth Corner Credit Union. So we'll be right back to talk more with Mark. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we are back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm talking with Mark Goldfogel. We've been kind of going through his history and past of his involvement in technology and in various aspects of supporting the regulatory hurdles of the cannabis industry. Um, so welcome back, Mark. Um, okay, so, all right, back to the present. I think we covered most of your recent past. Back to the present and more recently, what are you up to with the Fourth Corner Credit Union? What is your role there? And what's the purpose of Fourth Corner Credit Union? So it's a great question. And I'm so, I'm so honored and proud to be part of this organization. When we got off, when we went to break, what I basically said was that the regulators came forward and said, I don't care what technology you're going to use to track these. We don't feel comfortable with your financial institution taking these deposits. And they would always come up with certain excuses. But the real bottom line was that they didn't feel comfortable taking on that risk. And so when, when, the, when technology wasn't able to solve the problem, I kind of went up the chain of command and I found a number of people, uh, particularly uh, in the state of Colorado, 
that we're going down the road of getting a charter specifically to support the hemp and cannabis movement. And what's so critical about this is that, first of all, this is the first organization in the world that actually has a banking charter issued, in this case, by the state of Colorado. And the charter doesn't require, the charter doesn't, doesn't say we can, the charter mandates that we must serve the hemp and cannabis movement. And the reason that that's so critical is because financial institutions have been dabbling in this industry since I've been in it, but they typically will come and go as soon as regulators apply some pressure. Mm. And, and what this says is we're not out here to break any laws. We're not out here to do anything disreputable. We're not out here to do anything that colors between the lines. But we represent the movement. And the movement is anybody like you and I that believes in the end of prohibition for whatever reasons we have. And we deserve a right to banking and we deserve a right to coalesce our funds. And, so, and we deserve a right to be in position for when the federal government changes its stance on banking marijuana-related businesses so that we can support the industry and so that we can fight for these changes on behalf of the industry. And it's the most, it's the most important thing I've been a part of in my career um, since founding Seed to Sale Tracking because it really stands forward and says, we represent the industry from a financial services standpoint and we're gonna do everything in our legal power to move this ball forward. Got it. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, uh, and a little more background on that. Fourth Corner Credit Union has been in a state of limbo for a couple of years now. Um, the Federal Reserve refused to issue a master account, from what I understand, which would essentially allow it to do business with other financial institutions. Is that right? This is where it starts to get a little over my head. That's exactly right. Um, and so basically what you've got here is a network of financial institutions. This network was created through the Federal Reserve, which was chartered by Congress and is, and is run and powered by private banks. Mm -hmm. And banks run this exchange, this bank-to-bank -bank exchange, so that when you write a check to me from Wells Fargo to my account, I'm able to cash that check and the funds can go from your account and your bank to my account and my bank. Right. That's, a, that's an ACH kind of system. That's the sort of thing that you get when you receive a master account from the Federal Reserve. Okay. And when we received our charter from the state of Colorado, we did not anticipate that the Federal Reserve would have an objection to us doing what we do, predominantly because whether they like it or not, there, there's, a, there's a thing put forward by Congress called the Monetary Control Act that says, okay, Federal Reserve, you're an independent banking agency, so, but we're giving you this charter for Congress to have these special powers, and if you're going to have these powers, these are the rules you have to play by. And part of the rules was that they cannot discriminate between one financial institution to another. If a state or a federal government has chartered it, they have to provide non-discriminatory access. And okay. that, sadly, we had to go to court to get judges to evaluate that. And we also had to really get to court in order for the Federal Reserve to get to know who we were and what we were really trying to do. Which, mm -hmm. as, as I said before, was not to pull a fast one or to sneak in. What we were trying to do and what we are doing is building a legal mechanism by which all of this seed-to-sale tract revenue can transparently be brought into the system. And I don't care if you're a state government, if you are an employee, or if you somehow service ancillary businesses to this industry, everyone involved in this deserves the right to financial uh, uh, support 
and and we we have we're the farthest along in terms of the argument to bring this about transparently and legally. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so the, the, the there's even a building here in Denver of Fourth Corner Credit Union, and you haven't been allowed to open your doors, but you you got big news about a month ago. I we saw did. you at the Seed to Sale show. Uh, I, I ran up to you and said, I have to have you on the podcast because I want to hear all about it because I read in the Wall Street Journal that exactly the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City did finally agree to allow you to serve the cannabis industry, but there's some restrictions. I It's not any direct to plant. So basically... Anybody that actually has a cannabis license to grow it or sell it or infuse it or extract it, those people you can't serve. Is that correct? Yeah, roughly that is correct. The exact um, terms and relationship of, of our approval is, is confidential. But overall, basically, the conditional approval really is not conditional other, yeah. th other than we don't break federal law. Mm -hmm. That's the key condition. Well, you know what? No financial institution is allowed to break federal law, and we didn't expect to be any different. So what the condition really says is that we can move forward and we can represent the movement. And, and why this is so critical is because what the Federal Reserve came forward in court and said is we have no right to represent the movement, just like those people in, uh, in favor of North Korean terrorism have no right to support that movement. People in favor of endangered species trafficking have no right to support that movement. But because of, our, because of the work that we've done with the Federal Reserve and through the court systems, the courts and the reserve have, have acknowledged that this is different. This is a movement of people that want to change the course of history, and they have a right to do so. We're not North Korean terrorists. We're not animal traffickers. And I'm not making up those examples. Those were the examples the Federal Reserve used in court as to, as to why we should not be allowed a master account. Oh, wow. That's very specific. <laughs> Um, and, and it's specific and it's graphic and it tells, it tells a really good story here that says, you know what, this is how people evolve. The, 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 our constitution says that states can be a laboratory for democracy and we have 30 states right now that are a laboratory for what cannabis can do, how it can be treated as a health product, how it can be treated as an a, adult use product, and most importantly, how it can be treated as a government taxation and growth product, not a put you in jail and ruin your life forever product. Absolutely. Totally. Um, so we just have a, one or two more minutes left before we have to take one more commercial break. But all right. So I'm sure you're catching your breath at this point. But what is next? What what does this mean um, after the big news that we just discussed? Have you begun serving non-licensed cannabis businesses or where, where are we at here? Where's the goalpost? So the reason that this win was so huge and the reason this fight is so important is because this really isn't a fight about the fourth corner credit union. This is a fight for the entire industry and any rulings and any judgments that come down on our behalf actually reflect back on, on all financial institutions and reflect mm -hmm. back on the entire industry. And we know that. Oh, yeah. and, and by having this ruling, what, yes, what before the ruling was said was it was a real gray area between anyone who worked directly or indirectly with any licensed businesses, either ancillary or otherwise, whether they're entitled to bank accounts, whether or not the Federal Reserve should grant 
institutions the right to service these people because we're all effectively drug traffickers in one way or another as long as we're supporting this schedule one drug. And what, what this ruling really acknowledged is that the movement deserves the right to banking and that the future is, is really uh, very much before us. It does, not give the feder- it does not give the fourth corner credit union the right to break any laws. And as it stands right now, banking direct license holders does not have a safe harbor. We're hoping to get that passed through Congress, but the banks that are servicing the direct license holders right now have some personal liability. And, and we're really trying to get that fixed for the entire industry. In the, mean, in the meantime, everyone else in the industry is now afforded with, you know, every bank has discretion, but they're now afforded uh, 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 banking, which before this ruling was really a gray area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we got to get that safe banking act, the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, passed through Congress. We're gonna definitely be talking about that with our members of Congress when we go to lobby days in May this year. Um, okay, we got to take an, one more quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back to chat more with Mark Goldfogel of Fourth Corner Credit Union. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back and we're wrapping up our conversation with Mark Goldfogel of Fourth Corner Credit Union, and he's been filling in the story of the evolution of Fourth Corner and their desire to serve the cannabis industry. Um, So as we wrap up our conversation here, Mark, do you have... 
just any general reflections or insights or advice to share with the industry who who know banking for our industry is super complicated and difficult right now. Yeah, I do. Um, and first of all, I want to clarify a, a, a piece from the, the previous segment. The mm-hmm. fourth quarter credit union is not currently open for business. We're in the okay. process of applying for uh, shared deposit insurance, which is basically d- insurance against foreclosure that any financial institution has to have. Gotcha. And we're in the process of doing that and some of the other things necessary to get us to the place to open. Um, and so I don't, I don't want you to call me up and say, can I have an account tomorrow? Unfortunately, we're not yet open. We hope to be um, once, we've, once we've covered these hurdles. Gotcha. And, and what's really, um, you know, as far as important to know when it comes to banking in this industry, the first and most important thing you need to understand is that banking is entirely discretionary. Just like when you walk into a restaurant and they say, no shoes, no shirt, no service, banks Mm -hmm. can refuse service to anybody for any reason on any condition. They don't need to justify it. They don't need to have validation. There is no oversight that says that this financial institution is required to take your deposit. So the most important thing to do is have an open, transparent, honest, and mature relationship with your financial institutions. Don't try and pull a fast one. Don't try and and sneak something in because when you're found out, and you will be because the Internet's a very powerful place and it's these people's jobs to keep these accounts um, understood. It's called Know Your Customer. And so it really is imperative that we all participate in a very transparent and in a very um, responsible way. The, if, if what you really are is a guy who was buying and selling weed uh, in the old days through your backpack and you're still buying and selling weed through your backpack, please don't bring it into the banking system. It's just going to be an easy target for you and an unpleasant eye for everybody else. If you're a regulated business or you're an employee or you're somehow related to the industry, be transparent, be professional, respect that these financial institutions are taking personal risks in supporting you and do everything you can to support them because it really is, this in, this industry is being solved on a banking platform at this point in time, one brave financial institution at a time. That's really great advice. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that as well. Um, so in our last uh, two or three minutes here, Um, You've definitely been involved in NCIA for years and supportive of the work we do. And as I mentioned, it was great seeing you at Seed to Sale Show right on the heels of reading that article. Um, And Seed to Sale Show is going to be in Boston, Massachusetts next year. So um, hopefully if you want to visit the East Coast, we'll see you out there. And um, we also have our quarterly cannabis caucuses coming up in April as well. So I hope to see you there and and thanks for being supportive of ncia mark i'm I'm very supportive of ncia um it's really one of the critical tools that we need to have in order to pass the safe access to banking act that has already been written and and has approval um so ncia is really and 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 in fact let me just give a shout out to ncia in 2013 when i had just left mj freeway and i was wondering what i was going to do um i actually had two job offers to work for competitors of mj freeways and i chose not to do either one because i found this this kiosk and went forward with the banking system and it was an ncia lobbyist 
um, who I met at that meeting and said, hey, when is it that you think we're going to see banking? And it was his guidance that we would see it in early 2014 that was the impetus for my opening up see forever systems and and it was without ncia that never would have happened i wouldn't have known what was going on i wouldn't have had the courage to anticipate the technology um and we wouldn't have you know the systems that are out there that that really are helping solve this problem well, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, we were so we were a small organization back then. I I just started working at NCIA in January of 2014. I think I was the fourth employee, and I think we had about three or four hundred companies that were members at the time. And now uh, we're past 1,500 member companies. So you and I have seen a lot of growth these last few years. Absolutely. It's really exciting. So I think more and more people, you can you can pretty much meet who you need to meet at an NCIA event, I would say. And, and you know, when I was back in the days when I was the original founder of MJ Freeway, we, I think we were one of the first 20 companies to join NCIA and to, to join as a charter member. And, and what's critical out of this, and, I, and I'm going to make this offer now, it, it, it's the education. And so if, if my coming out to Boston and speaking at NCIA helps evolve this industry as to an understanding and what's required to do this, that's why NCIA is so valuable is it provides that melting pot for the, the latest in the industry to explain and to evolve the entire industry. It's like a Petri dish where cells can come together and multiply and divide and expand into what is being this entity, which we call the cannabis industry. Yeah, Petri dish. Now you're a mad scientist. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, if anyone listening wants more information, uh, you can log on to www.thecannabisindustry.org. Our conference, the Seed to Sale Show, is seedtosaleshow.com. And if anyone needs any more information, we've got a whole network of members across the country that can probably answer your question. Um, hey, Mark, thanks again for being on the show today. It was awesome talking to you uh, and hearing about what's going on at Fourth Corner. Definitely uh, keep me updated when, when something new and exciting happens. Bethany, it's my pleasure. If anybody wants to reach out to me, my website is iworkforcannabis.com. And I am full-time focused on helping uh, start up and new businesses in this industry succeed. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.